0: Welcome to Conversations with MIT Health. I'm Melanie Cole, and I invite you to listen as we discuss the imposter phenomenon and who may be susceptible to it. Joining us is Dr. Maryam Kodadoust. She's a clinical psychologist at MIT Student Mental Health and Counseling Services. Dr. Kodadoust, it's a pleasure, as always, to have you join us. Tell us, what is the imposter phenomenon?
1: Well, discomfort in sharing your thoughts. You're absolutely convinced that you're a fraud. And you go to great lengths to avoid detection, which means never sharing your ideas and avoiding or even doesn't have anything to do with anxiety or depression or even necessarily connected to low self-esteem. And this is something that students often misunderstand. What happens when you have impossible standards of what it means to be competent and assume that other people meet them and you don't? Put your finger right on it. Everybody, absolutely everybody is susceptible to it, and certainly everyone at MIT. Um, Now, having said that, being mimic status increases um, our susceptibility to fraudulent feelings. So, Melanie, the good news is that we don't feel like imposters all the time. Right. We, that we're most likely to feel like an imposter when we're doing the kind of academic or work tasks that are the most meaningful to us. You know, the ones or submitting papers, whether it's for your class or for journals, um, research proposals, applications of all kinds and of height in those times.
0: doing this or something i know and i study and I
1: some kind of temporary instances where with, with yourself and um, thinking about ways in which you could improve in that area Whereas if an imposter phenomenon and here, you know, here's proof that I don't actually belong here, right? You make it a, about a global, uh, a local failure can become a global, the prospect of receiving help when it brings relief. It's like, okay, thank God, you know, I get a chance to talk to my experience, right? So think about it. When you have some kind of successful experience, now I'm going to use, a I excited? Oh yes, I ate that test or my paper got accepted, nature, right? And over the long term, these positive, your successes are experienced as short-lived and then it's kind of, whew, you know, I managed to fool everybody once again that, and if you're faced with sort of Evidence of success after success the tendon discounted to say, oh, you know attributed Having e- Have in fact talked about having these fraudulent feelings. So, whatever in um, scientific or academic, you can see it everywhere. But just because you can experience it everywhere, it doesn't mean that it's helpful, right? Um, is really all about focusing on the bad. Well. What I want to say to MIT students is, if you've gotten into MIT, you're smart. back or stuck in some, even after you've succeeded or gotten a great grade on a test or succeeded on, recognize it. And then thing, and this is sort of the, uh, the harder part, but I think the most effective is share it, because when you share a secret, that separates you from other people. Okay. And finally, I want you to challenge it. You know, challenge your definition of what it means to become. You'd like buttons that you succeed, and then also I want you to. You tend to the other end of the spectrum if you tend to avoid, avoid sharing your ideas or avoid applying for fellowship. Share your ideas. Uh, apply for that fellowship, um, or whatever else that you think you're, you're too t- afraid of getting feedback that you. Yes. Well, you know, I think by the fourth one, I should get the hint. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Melanie. I don't know. I mean, it's absolutely. Yeah. So okay. okay, yep.
0: Okay, thank you, Melanie. Listeners can visit health.mit.edu for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Conversations with MIT Health. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other MIT Health podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for joining us today.